Six Nations with a difference, but always exciting nonetheless on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Former Wales centre Hadley Parks thinks Wales will get on in the Six Nations, as well as Wales under-20s coach Gareth Williams for making sure we don't have a lost generation thanks to Covid. We'll start looking forward to the Wales-Ireland game on Sunday with Wales coach Wayne Pivak and the unfortunate news that wing Josh Adams breached Covid protocols. It came to our attention on our first day back from a, a day and a half off internally and was dealt with pretty swiftly. Uh, we just spoke to Josh and Josh told us uh, what had uh, transpired and obviously from our point of view it's breached team protocols, it's uh, breached the Six Nations protocols and, and obviously uh, the lockdown rules. So, um, you know, we've been through a thorough education process with the players and management um, and from our point of view uh, it, it put uh, others at risk potentially so um, it was dealt with by way of suspension. Did Josh train yesterday then as well before you found out? It came to our attention after training, and uh, as soon as it came to our attention, um, we spoke to the player, and he was um, upfront and honest, and uh, realised the mistake he had made. And um, as I say, we, we moved pretty swiftly to uh, put this to bed as quickly as we could, and and wanted to put it out there um, because it's it's something that's very topical. It's in the community, and uh, we have to be seen to be doing our bit as leaders um, and role models. But we all know Josh is a, is a very, very good individual and the way he reacted and the way he has handled us since we uh, we sat him down has, has been pretty positive. He has been up front with us. He has made an error in judgment and he's very, very remorseful. Uh, he can't do any more than apologise and take it on the chin. You know, he's embarrassed himself. Um, he's had to leave the team and he will do his penance at home through until Monday. Uh, he'll miss the first test. Uh, he won't be with the team for that test. He will join us Monday and help prepare the boys that will be selected for the Scotland test and he won't be up for selection on that. So I don't think any more could be done. I think it's been dealt with very positively by the union. Six Nations have given us their full support on the way we've dealt with it. And I think uh, now for us and and, and as a team, it's sad for Josh, but we move on and uh, we get excited about the opportunity to kick off the Six Nations back at the stadium where we trained today and, and really enjoyed being there. So that's now uppermost on our minds going forward. Once you find that out, what do you have to do in terms of testing the squad? You know, has been in close contact with people. What's the process after that? Yeah, so everybody um, had been tested. The results came through this morning. We had 100% negative testing. Uh, we've got testing again tomorrow, uh, and those results should come through tomorrow night or Friday. So um, fingers and toes crossed that those are 100% negative as well, in which case Josh will rejoin the side uh, on Monday. Josh has been a bit of a model professional for you, it's fair to say, Wayne, over the last couple of years. How has he reacted? Yeah, one of a very, very much disappointment on his own behalf, realised that he'd made a mistake, error in judgment, was very honest and upfront straight away, as you'd expect, and put his hand up and was just basically apologising to the team. And as you've seen in, in the comments he's made, he wants to apologise to everybody uh, that supports Welsh rugby because he realised he, he's made a foolish mistake. Given the fact that you recorded no test in the autumn when you were together for two months, this is the first perhaps major blip that you've had on that. How much a disappointment as a coach that it's happened just before the first game? Yeah, look, we're all very disappointed and that's why we've dealt with it as quickly as we have and as seriously as we have. We've taken it very seriously and we think that it's the only only result that was possible and, you know, it's been explained to the team uh, what's happened and what we've done. You know, we've trained accordingly today. 
And just as said, nobody coming in, you've obviously got Liam Williams suspended for the first game. You, you're confident with what you've got there for the wing positions? Yeah, we have. We've got a couple of options. Um, you know, obviously we've got George North, we've got Helen Amos, uh, we've got uh, Louis Rees-Samet, and obviously we've got um, some midfielders there that uh, have been training very well. So we've got options there. I guess most of us were probably expecting Josh to start. So how much is this having to change your kind of attitude and your mindset towards your selection? Does it change the way you attack at all? What impact does it have? We all know the value to the side that Josh brings. He's been a starter for a long time. He's had that wonderful World Cup. We know exactly what he can do. So it's disappointing to have him unavailable for selection. But um, as I mentioned, we have other players that have been training and one of those will step up now and get that opportunity. And you know only too well that that individual will relish the opportunity and, and will want to do everything they can to hold on to the jersey. Obviously, this last year has been strange for all of us, for yourself and for Andy Farrell as well. Probably it hasn't been the first year in charge that either of you would have envisaged. Is there a feeling that this is sort of another fresh start, if you like, that there's a, a line drawn in the stand and you can go again? Oh, definitely. And we've spoken about that as a team. You know, there was a transition period, obviously, with some management and uh, a little bit of player turnover through selection. And then, obviously, the Six Nations didn't pan out how we wanted it to, but we've had uh, an opportunity to have a look at other players and build a bit of depth in the well-documented autumn series that we had. But now it is really about the business of Six Nations and getting results, and uh, we're only too well aware of that. We've discussed it as a group, and we know that we need to hit the ground running. It's a big, big test for both sides. There's no doubt about that. Ireland were right in the, the thick of it for a chance of winning that, the last Six Nations and uh, obviously we want to be doing a lot better than we did and uh, we certainly have picked a side that we believe will, uh, will certainly uh, help us get better results. Can I just check, are there going to be any more players called up? Uh, we're running with the squad we've got at the moment. We've got a pretty good list of players in what we would call green ready to be selected. So the group's been training well. and we, Again, with COVID, we don't want to be bringing too many people in and out. So uh, we're running with what we've got at the moment. We'll see how we come through the weekend. This is an interruption. Just wondering how the overall preparation is for the Ireland game. You went into the Autumn Nations Cup, said a little bit cold after the, the lockdown. How do you put the state of preparation this week building up to Sunday? You're well more advanced than we were this time uh, in the Autumn Series. Uh, we've done physical testing. The boys are in uh, better shape across the board than they were coming into that autumn series. We see a lot more rugby under the belt and preparation has gone pretty smoothly up until this point. And in terms of the actual training on the pitch, yeah, look, pretty pleased with how it's gone. We had a very, very physical session today, uh, a unit session this morning and then uh, a team run at the stadium this afternoon. So really, really pleased how the boys have worked over this early sort of start of the competition, if you like, preparation for the first game. So yeah, pretty pleased. You mentioned that you were back around the, the stadium now. How much of a boost has that been for the squad to get back around the Principality Stadium after that time away internationally? Well, I know I haven't been at the stadium that long. I've only been in the in the role just over a year and uh, I felt pretty good. So I can imagine uh, the guys that have, have called that home for a number of years and certainly the senior players were enjoying it. You know, guys were running around there. They had a lot of energy. The pitch itself um, was looking great. It was good underfoot. So uh, look, we're really, really pleased that uh, we're going to be back on the stadium and uh, that will certainly be uh, a boost for the boys. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So we 
good to be back at the event, even if there's no crowds, at least the senior Wales team will be in action this weekend. Confirmation this week that the women's Six Nations will be played in April with an exciting new format, while the under-20s will play in the summer and their World Championships have been cancelled. Under-20s coach Gareth Williams spoke to Graham Gillespie before final confirmation of the plans. Gareth, when you came off the pitch against Scotland under-20s on the 13th of March, did you think, well, that's it for the rest of 2020? <laughs> yeah, I think we... You know, everybody had such uncertainty about uh, how things would would evolve, how things would develop, and you know we're still probably in that situation. So, yeah, nobody could have expected what we've been dealing with as society, really, uh, let alone a sport. So, um, yeah, pretty surreal time. Obviously, heard how tough it's been for the players with no sign of rugby. You've got a dual role as well as under twenties head coach. You're head of transition. How tough has your role been in these times? As anybody's role or anybody's job or anybody's. Um, element of relationships in general life things have changed so much in the last you know 10 months and it has been very much a case of adapting you know that's from a coaching point of view, a point of view or the point of view even from a journalism point of view everybody's had to adapt to such a scale early on we were uncertain what the pro game would look like what you know returning regional squads would look like and we've been fortunate that a lot of players were in those kind of transition groups We've been able to have them in with senior squads across the region. So that's been brilliant that those interventions have gone on, to be honest. And you know, I know the work that's gone on in working around the COVID restrictions. It's all been very difficult in the last 10 months across rugby as a whole. But I know players have been having a service who have moved out of last year's 20s. And you know that's promising from that point of view. You've played at high level yourself. Players just want to play, don't they? So what do you say to these guys when you just don't know when we'll be playing again? It is just, you know, conversations more than anything. You know, are they conversations you deal with on a quite regularly when there are playing opportunities? But over the last 10 months, there have been no playing opportunities outside of Pro 14 European rugby and senior international rugby. So, you know, a lot of the players that, you know, I tend to work with they don't impact at that level of the game on a, on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis. Uh, like I said, there's a training environment for a large number of them, and they can do a lot of learning within those training environments. And you know, we're fortunate that a lot of the regions have have those boys in training with them. I mean, you've probably heard the same things that I do out in the wider community. There's talk about a, a lost generation. I mean, are you concerned at all, any players just walking away from the game at the level that you deal with? There's always a concerning element of that. You know, last week we were preparing for an under-26 nations just before it got postponed. You know, we totally understand the postponement, but if we'd have finished a whole programme of Six Nations rugby for the under-20s, we would have been in a position, we, you know, we haven't run the traditional talent ID element towards the under-26 nations. So we're quite conscious, even if we'd have finished the whole programme, we'd have had retrospectively run a talent ID process on that basis because it is a concern. I've always spoken, we've we've got a small player pool in Wales and there is the risk here that it could diminish further. But what we've got to do is, as we've been doing over the last 10 months, is adapt when we're allowed to with the restrictions and things and move then towards rectifying that. From an under-20s point of view, uh, we'd have had camps back in October, November through December and at the start of January, and that would have refined our talent ID process. Those elements we haven't been able to put in place just due to the restrictions and the pretty obvious situation we're currently in. Now, like I said, if we had completed a full Six Nations process, we've got to be aware that 
there's still a retrospective talent ID element to undertake. And that's how we're going to have to be as a union is we're going to have to adapt. When we come out of this, we're going to have to adapt and make sure that we can re-engage those players who missed out on that talent ID opportunity and make sure that we can explore the talents that we know are out there and are naturally missing out. You mentioned the end of the 20s there. You actually had a couple of training sessions weeks ago. How good was that just to have some boys at your disposal and coach them? Oh, brilliant. You know, it's been great to get like some cross-regional elements of it and you see speaking closely with the regional academy managers and coaches that element of competition really helps with regards to the player motivation around things so even you know over that christmas period where the players knew they were coming in to that environment in early january their regional academy managers for instance saw a big difference in their approach to training where they may have been plateauing off in certain elements it's just really added to that and that's really shone across in the sessions i've enjoyed being on the pitch with players because Traditionally, we'd have camps in October, November, December. That's my opportunity to start building relationships. And the way, you know, as a coach, I build those relationships with players and get to know them as personalities is being on the pitch with them, continuing conversations off the pitch around their technical, tactical, but also their kind of holistic ambitions as well around their education and around their what their family situations are and getting to know those. So getting that opportunity over the last two weeks has been brilliant from my point of view. Like I said, we were four weeks out from the Irish game uh, when we started. We had 16 players who are in training with regional senior environments, uh, mainly here in Wales, but a couple across the bridge as well. So this was really an intervention for players who are only training in their academy structures at the moment. You know, the academy structures we brilliant that they've been back up and running and players have been having a, you know physical interventions and skilling this was just an opportunity to take it a little bit further as well and bring a larger group together from that point of view they were brilliant to have those four sessions and uh, we're going to continue those as well under covid testing protocols through the coming phase at under 20 level what do the weeks and months ahead look like for you and the boys we'll continue that element of working with the regional academies and it was a very short period of preparation towards that Irish game, uh, when we were ready for, when we were you know, getting up and ready for with regards to preparation. But this just elongates our time now. We, we will wait in a position then where we know the time scale we've got to, to fully prepare. So that's where we're at. You know, that's great from a player welfare point of view, that we get a, more time to actually build these boys up from a you know, scrummaging point of view, contact point of view, all those safety elements around there. Uh, welfare side of it as well so you alluded to it briefly earlier but like guys like sam costello jack morgan ben carter they've been getting a fair bit of game time for the regions do you sort of sit back with pride and think yeah then 20s pathway was a crucial part of these boys development i view it like a toolbox we were so many pathways and the under 20s is one of those and it's a tool that we can use to kind of give a player at that period of their development that exposure it's great to have worked with those boys. You can see you know, the amount of work they put in on themselves personally um, in all aspects of the development. And yeah, it's great to see them go on and, and achieve as much as they possibly can. You know, there's a, there's a long list across the years. There's a long list of coaches who have had input to them. And yeah, it's great to see because I know the efforts that have gone in along the different stages of the pathway and having worked firsthand with those boys, seeing the amount of effort that they put in. So it's great to see. 
Because if you had players like, you know, who you've worked with in the recent past, like Tian, Thomas, Wheeler, Kai Evans, Dowie Lake, Jack Morgan, Morgan Jones, Benker, there's loads of them. We keep hearing players aren't getting the opportunity, but it seems like they are transitioning well into um, senior rugby. And, it's, you know, that's credit to them as players, to be fair. They are um, very diligent, they're good young professionals, and hopefully that exposure increases and and we can move them forward over the coming years because, you know, it's a constant process and it's a constant evolution of where they are as players at the stages that they operate at. So lots of important work going on there and we'll see the results in a few years' time. Someone at the other end of their evolution is former Wales centre Hadley Parks, gearing up for a new season in Japan after leaving Wales for family reasons. Of course, when Wales last played host to Ireland two years ago, he got the party going on what was a pretty special occasion. He spoke to Rob Cole. Tell us a little bit about Wayne and, you know, he's under a bit of pressure at the end of his first year, coming into his second. He's going to come through this, isn't he? Wayne and I have gone back. He's coached me for a number of years. He coached me in Auckland um, when he uh, took over there when I was involved with the ITM Cup. And he's also, look, I've got to be very thankful to him as well because he's a coach that got to Scarless and he's the one that brought me up there and gave me an opportunity to go and play in West Wales, which, which was an amazing five and a half, almost six years for Susan Iron. And we loved everything about it and, and it gave us gave me the opportunity to then get called up by Gats um, a, a huge amount because of that. I think yeah, it's going to be a, an exciting Six Nations. I think probably results for him haven't gone the way that he wanted them to go this uh, so far. And I think um, there's been a lot of adversity, but there's adversity for um, for everyone. So I hope for him and for those for the Wales boys as well that you know they just go out there and they enjoy it and go out you know, and get stuck in and, and do extremely well in the Six Nations. And hopefully, thinking of my heart and head here, I'd like to think that the Wales could, um, could do it again and, and, and win the Six Nations this year would be nice. The reason I ask you about Wayne is it he took a bit of time to get things going at the Scarlets. But once people bought into his style and, and his thought process, wow, it took off and it was totally different to everything else. And that's why how you won the title and got the semi-final of Europe and, and did so incredibly well. Yeah, we did, and we had a good squad there. And, and look, I think um, they'll be enjoying it. You know, it's always an honour and a privilege to play for your country and pull on that red jersey, whatever red jersey. So, you know, hopefully some good results, you know, a good, good game against Ireland in this first game would be nice. And, and just getting stuck in, it's always, um, you know, I think it's going to be a tight Six Nations. But the amount of talent that's in that squad, if they can play to their full potential, I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll do really well. And to take time at the Scarlets for, uh, you know, play that brand of footy but hopefully you know the boys are getting stuck in and, and they're, they're just getting stuck yeah getting stuck in sorry how difficult a decision was it for you to give up international rugby it was a very difficult decision like it was um something that i i never thought would happen saying that when it did happen I, you know i just loved every moment of it moment of it even all the fitness sessions and everything like that it was just something that i really enjoyed and it was an amazing couple of years or two and a half three years there but I was excited after the World Cup to have something different. You know, with a young family, we were keen on a new experience to try something different. And also for her to be a little bit closer to New Zealand for the opportunities to be able to, you know, reach the same time zone here as well. So um, for her to travel backwards and forwards, it was a lot easier than going from the UK with a young baby. So great family decision. So we're looking at someone to, uh, to play with Jonathan Davis. And obviously, Johnny Williams has, has come across and obviously Nick Tompkins at the Dragons has come in. I don't know what your thoughts might be about, A, what it's like playing with Jonathan Davis and B, 
who you think might fit in that space? Firstly, on Foxy, mate. Foxy, you know, what a career he's had so far and hopefully continue on for a little while. I'm sure that he will be wanting to put his best foot forward to, to make that Lions tour. I think this will be his third one if he does get on it. So what a player, like what he's done for club and country as well over a long period of time has been pretty impressive and he's regarded as one of the best defenders in the world, especially in the 15 channel and, and also, you know, quite a dangerous threat on attack with his big boy, got a bit of pace and a great fend. So... I'm looking forward to watching him in the Six Nations. Who to be partnering him? Look, Johnny Williams seems that he's done really well at the Scarlets and he's really gone extremely well in his uh, first few games for Wales as well. Um, Nick Tompkins, what a season he had last year. I'm sure that he'll be working um, and just trying to get back to the way he was playing last year. I think he's got a huge amount of potential as well. Now, um, Owen Watkin, he's been in the squad ever since I was in the squad. We both got caught up in the same... Um, Autumn series, and so you get on pretty well. Well, I want to see him doing well and, and succeeding. There's some great options there. I think all those boys, huge amount of potential, and they'll work really well with Foxy. I think Foxy's a great player and, and one that will go down this year with Wales. The Island game at home is the first one. And of course, the last time we played Island at home, you'll remember it very well. Yeah, we do, mate. I was actually. <laughs> I was reminiscing the other night um, and I ended up watching the highlights again on, on YouTube. Yeah, it was a great occasion, you know, massive, cherish those memories for a long time um, against Ireland. Uh, you know, uh, leaving the roof open, getting the start we did and then just getting on top of them. And, and I think probably five minutes after half time, I just felt like we were never going to lose that game. And it was a great campaign for us. And, you know, for me, I, I just hope the boys will go out there and I'm sure they can do the same job and, and get stuck into the Irish boys and, and a great result for them. Some interesting comments. Best of luck to Hadley out in Japan. That's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty of reaction and reviews for next week. So listen out then for your weekly picks of Welsh Rugby News. And until then, goodbye and stay safe.